But I think it's like a really beautiful thing when you start to like relax into it and feel the effects of acupuncture and the needles and just paying attention to your body. Hello, welcome to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and this is your destination for all things growth. Okay, I think at this point, we all know that I am obsessed with Gia. It is my go-to non-alcoholic beverage. I've talked a lot about my journey with alcohol and just like generally not liking to drink that much. I'll have a drink here and there, but like really one of my go-to staples, definitely always in my refrigerator and something that I seek out when I'm out is Gia. And they are just delicious, refreshing. And the way that I like to have it is I get the spritz cans and I always have them in the fridge and then I'll get a wine glass, put ice in it, put Gia, and then I'll top it off with a little sparkling water and lime. And it is so freaking good. I love having that as like an end of day moment and treat. And, you know, every active ingredient event I do, I have them there. I talk about them to literally every single person that asks me about what non-alcoholic brands. I'm like, this is it. And luckily I've been seeing them in a lot of places. So they are in a lot of stores. If you check out their website, it'll tell you their store locators. And then also obviously they sell online and they are giving all active ingredient listeners 15% off. If you use code Gia X active ingredient, that's Gia G H I A X active ingredient. And I will have the code in the show notes, but I highly, highly recommend it. I know that a lot of you have reached out saying that, you know, you're just kind of like figuring out your relationship to alcohol or trying to drink a little bit less or just having different alternatives. This is legitimately my number one alternative outside of just sparkling water and bitters. Like this is my go-to. So if you want to check it out, check out with code Gia X active ingredient to take 15% off your total. And if you do try it, let me know because I literally just love talking about this stuff. So let me know. Hello, welcome back to the show. We have an amazing episode for you. It is all about a tool that I swear by. I wasn't always super into it. I have to say, I really was skeptical about it. I didn't really understand it. And the theme of this whole episode is acupuncture. So we have Gabriel Schur, who is the director of acupuncture at my go-to acupuncture spot here in New York called Aura. He also has his own practice. He's an expert in acupuncture and traditional medicine. He's a board certified acupuncturist and herbalist and has been practicing for over 20 years, treating pain, stress, anxiety, and issues related to fertility and pregnancy. Gabriel began his journey working in Western medicine, actually, and then he realized that there was a huge part of that system that was missing when it comes to preventative care and actually looking at and treating root causes of ailments. I am personally now obsessed with acupuncture. It's been years since I've been going in and out. There's times where I go weekly. There was times where I was going every other week, monthly. I switch it up depending on what's going on in my life. But as someone who really gets like, I love body work. I love massages. I really love working on releasing tension in the body. And I've always loved that. <laughs> There's never been a time where that's not been something that I love. But I was always really skeptical of acupuncture. I just like didn't really just know what to expect or like know exactly what I was supposed to be feeling or what the point of it all was and thought it was just like another wellness trend. And the first time I did it, 
I felt nothing. And then like years later, I tried it again. And it was like in a space that just like didn't feel right. And then again, and it was just like years, honestly, like of like randomly here and there. And then when I started doing it more consistently, the way that I explain it to people when like people in my life that ask me like, okay, but like, what do you feel? It kind of feels like, you know, in a massage where you like get a massage and then you feel really just like amazing and relaxed right after. To me, it's like this like extremely deep release where like a massage, I'll feel released for like that day or night and like maybe a little bit in the morning. But like in acupuncture, it feels like it's opening places in your body that were like congested is like the best way that I can say it. Like if you're holding tension in your shoulders or if you're holding, I don't know, I, I hold a lot in my pecs in like my chest area. I really hold a lot there and it feels like it like releases the congestion of stagnant energy there and it just opens you and it lasts for me way longer. So I am a huge, huge fan of it. It's been a huge part of my process. and again, with every single thing that I say on the show, it's all about just if any of this piques your interest or like if anything resonates with you, get curious about that and then let go of what doesn't. Not everything is for everyone. It took me so many different tries to like figure out acupuncture or not even figure it out. Just like I I really kind of felt called to it at a certain point. And I started going to Aura in New York a ton. And then I found my spot in Miami. But to me, it's like, when I'm feeling just a lot of energy, like a lot, it could be a lot of positive or just like stagnant energy or just like stuck or whatever. It really kind of just like opens up the channels and they call it chi in acupuncture. It opens up your energy pathways so that like your whole body's flowing in and communication. So I really am a huge fan. In this episode, we get into all things acupuncture, what it is, what's exactly happening in a session. We go through all of the fears that people have going into acupuncture. I had a lot of them. We talk about who acupuncture is for, what to expect long term. And of course, we get into how Gabriel found this calling. You know, I love talking to experts and just practitioners within the healing space. And I just love hearing about how healers came to be because I do find that a lot of the time, like they're healing something either within themselves or someone that they love. And I just loved hearing his story. And I also thought something really interesting about Gabriel is that he, like I said earlier, was studying Western medicine and he calls himself the practical acupuncturist. Like, I think we think of acupuncture in a very kind of like woo woo, like very like esoteric way. And he's like very to the point. He's like, I literally have one to two sessions to like actually get someone to like feel what this is supposed to make you feel. So he's like, to the point, let's get it done. And it's refreshing to hear someone who's coming from a very, very practical sense. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Gabriel, you are welcome back whenever. And after doing this episode, I was like, I need to go to acupuncture today. So with that, Gabriel, welcome to the show. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited. I have not had an acupuncturist on the show before. And I'm really diving into just different modalities and different just experts within the coming home to yourself category. And we have had experts in different, you know, therapists, we've had chiropractors, we've had different experts, but no one to speak to acupuncture. Got it. I can take care of this. Yeah, I'm very excited. (laughs) And I just like before we get in, wanted to give context. I've always been someone who's been like a big massage girl. 
I always felt like the need for just body work without having the language or the knowing of why. Mm -hmm. And acupuncture always interested me, but I was really scared. So I think for anyone listening who has heard people talk about acupuncture, who maybe feels like aligned with me on that, they love massage, but then, you know, they're curious, but maybe a little bit nervous or doesn't know what to expect. What is acupuncture? Okay. So, you know, every person who comes in, they're a little scared of the needles. And I always laugh about it because after the first one goes in, it's not really that big of a deal. So acupuncture is placing needles throughout the body. And it's, I always describe it to my patients as it's, it's like a river in a dam and we're trying to open up things that are stagnant. I think we were talking before, but like COVID was like a very stagnant time. A lot of people just like sat on their couches and did nothing. And what acupuncture does is not only physically, but emotionally gets things opened up and moving through the system. So I mean, we live in New York City, and this is going on a tangent, but we live in New York City, and there's so many things going on in our lives, and we're always bombarded with so many, you know, like your life and just being thrown, and your phone's always ringing. So what acupuncture does is you're sitting in a calm room with, you know, quiet, with darkness, being present with your body. And as we all know, most of the day, we're not present with our system. And what acupuncture is so amazing at is it gets things flowing and moving and you feel things in your body that you're just not used to feeling. And that's like what, kind of for like, example. so there's a concept called chi or energy and there's certain points that you're, and this is going on another tangent, but there's go certain points, go, this I'll go, I'll go. Is, All right, is a full tangent. So there's certain points that you're wanting to, so if somebody comes in and they're really stressed out, what you're wanting to do is kind of calm their system down. When somebody is exhausted or fatigued or they're going through fertility things, what you want to do is kind of strengthen their system. So there's different ways of looking at acupuncture. And a lot of times there's that dichotomy. You need to calm their spirit and also strengthen their system. So that's the basic concept. So these needles are amazing. There's nothing on the needles. They're very thin. They're hair-like. They go into different spots. You're working with different channels through the body. I always like to, because we live in New York City, I like to put in a lot of emotional points first. So the ears are amazing. The ears are used for addictions and they're used for emotional stuff. So I always start from the ears and I do the head and then I kind of work through the body. And I don't know if this is just like randomly from my experience with acupuncture but it's always in one ear and not in both at least for me that's weird no that's weird it's always okay in chinese medicine everything's about balance okay so usually one time i worked at this one guy right when i started when i was training and he would like put two ear needles in the patient and then he would like walk away and they would look at me and they'd be like and i'd be like i don't know (laughs) so but i always think and i'm like one of those people who's like the real like practical acupuncturist like I trained in Western medicine. I transferred to Chinese medicine. So everything has to make sense to me. So when I when I do acupuncture, everything's about balance, but it's based on yin and yang. Okay. So yin, think of yin as like 80-year-old grandmother. Okay. 80-year-old grandmother in Florida. Okay. <laughs> Tired, cold. Right. Your neighbor. Exactly. Tired, cold, no libido, just sits around, does nothing. It's 100 degrees in Florida like it is all the time. And she has the heat on. Okay. Yang is like a 19-year-old frat boy. Okay, runs around a lot, could have sex any second of any day, sweats a lot, has way too much energy. In general, I'm 47. So in my age range, it's you're always trying to you're it's a good balancing period. But when you're young and you're like that frat boy, you need to do more yin calming things. When you get older, you have to do more yang things. So it's all about balance. So when you're just saying, why do they put in one ear? I don't actually have a good answer for that because it's always about balance. So you want to do both ears to keep it. Once in a while, I'll throw in when I have too many points and I'm like, all right. 
then I'll throw in one on one side and not on the other. But usually you're always keeping the system in balance. So when you say that we're all stagnant and that acupuncture is a vehicle to kind of release that stagnation. We're not all stagnant. I'm just saying like, okay, so we just came to this studio and I was riding my bike and there could have been somebody honking at me or something like that. That throws off my system or you could have a bad meal or you could have just broke up with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. There's always something that throws off your system. So it's always important like acupuncture. So I have patients who come in once a week and People are like, why do they come in once a week? But there's always something like your digestion's off. Emotionally, you're thrown off. Somebody at work is pissing you off. There's always something. So that's the concept of acupuncture is always to find that equilibrium. And that's kind of really what I'm doing every time. And so are the needles like opening communication within the body? Correct. That's exactly what it is. Western always says that when you put in needles, it releases endorphins. It tells the body where a problem is and increases blood flow. How we deep agree. are the needles going? Okay, so different different <laughs> needles will go in different different depths. So like the ears are very, very shallow where your abdomen might be a little bit longer. And if you have to needle into like for sciatica, if you have to needle into mm-hmm. tush, you're using a really long needle, but people are face down so they don't see the needles. So that's good. But they all range in different sizes, but most of them are super, super thin. Okay. And each one, each point has a certain depth. So, you know, like a couple of the famous points like, this one on the hand or this one on the leg, it has a certain depth. And as an acupuncturist who's been doing it way too long, you know exactly where it's supposed to be and how far down it's supposed to go. What do you find within your 22 years of practice is like the most common reason that people come for acupuncture? Mm-hmm. It's changed. I think it's still pain stuff. I think people think of acupuncture as pain, but I always laugh because people come in and then they'll like have back pain and then I'll look at their tongue and their pulse which tells you everything about the person. And I start treating all the emotional stuff. And I always say this, and all my patients know this, is that I always say under stress, the body attacks the weakest spot. So like, if you're really stressed out about stuff, it's got to go somewhere. It's just physically got to go somewhere. So if you're upset about family stuff or things like that, you're going to have stomach problems. You're going to have shoulder problems. You're going to have lower back problems. It always comes out somewhere. Wherever your weak spot is, that's where it comes out. So I mean... I treat tons and tons of emotional stuff. So it's really good for anxiety. It's really good for sleep. Before I went to China, I tried to figure out what Western medicine was kind of failing at and what Chinese medicine was having the most success with. And so I treat a lot of stomach disorders, a lot of gynecological stuff. What type of stomach? Oh, anything from like just IBS stuff to chronic constipation to diarrhea. Which you would say is really all at the root emotional. No, 100% not. Okay. But it's a balance. So it could be emotional. That's interesting. That's refreshing. I've not heard someone It say could that. be food oriented. But acupuncture is amazing. So there's two ways of doing acupuncture. You can go locally at the area of pain or you can go distally, meaning points like on the body that go with the channels that go through the stomach. I like to do both. I kind of trained in both ways. In China, I would see a lot of acupuncturists who would just do local points. And then I would see a lot who would just do distal. I find both work. So it's really good at decreasing bloating and kind of harmonizing the digestion. Like I had a patient yesterday who had food poisoning and he was miserable. I mean, he was just, his stomach was bloated. He couldn't eat. And just putting in points, it just settled the stomach. And it was like, I don't want to say it was like sticking a a needle in a balloon, but it released a lot of that pressure in the stomach and relaxed his gut. And he was much better this morning when he called me. So Okay, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it was two days of, he just needed some love and I think too. Like yeah. he needed some somebody to be treating his stomach and get it better. Yeah. But yeah. 
So back to like the massage versus acupuncture of it all. I feel like the way that I've described it to people is that with massage, I feel immediate gratification, immediate release. But then I will have a similar symptom two days later, a day later. With acupuncture, I feel like it took a few trials or like a few times of doing it like every week Mm -hmm. to then actually start feeling real release that would last for months. I, th- I think that's true. I okay. think people come in with their first treatment, a lot of people, and they're nervous, mm-hmm. and they don't know what to expect. You know, it's, I don't want to say, but it's like doing a drug for the first time. It's a new adventure, and it's kind of like you're figuring it out as you go, and I don't care if people, I people are always like, do I have to believe that acupuncture works to make it work? No, not at all. Like, that's, that's the least of my concern. But like, <laughs> I need you to like relax while the needles are in, and I think after the first or second, you start to... I think it's like a really, I mean, I'm an acupuncturist, so, but I know that they have tons of anxiety. I'm going to look to certain channels that work on the anxiety level. So heart in Chinese medicine is anxiety and overthinking and all these kind of things. So I'm going to definitely put points into that one to kind of what we said before, where things are stagnant, we're going to open up that channel and get it kind of moving. That's literally what it feels like. Like that's the best way to describe the post feeling is that it feels like there's like an opening and flow i guess throughout the body. yeah i always think it's like especially if somebody's really frustrated i think it's like opening up you know like in harlem where they open up all the fire hydrants yes that's what yes. it feels like exactly that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's exactly just like kind right. of that rush of release yeah and that's kind of what i'm trying to do and then if if they show digestive stuff there's certain channels that will work on stomach spleen those are going to be digestive points and then we're going to work on the belly and we're going to do points on that but the channels, that's kind of how they work. There's 12 channels that run through the body. And there's, I thought there was way more. That's crazy. No, there's, there's a lot of them. points, but oh, there's okay. only 12 channels. And you're de- you're just deciding which channels that you're going to focus on. And as an acupuncturist, I always try to be very focused on my treatment. So even if you came in with like, you know, exactly kind of what we were saying, like back pain, stomach stuff, emotional stuff, and you have rashes, like you have eczema. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on a couple things so the body knows what to deal with and how to cure and how to like fix itself. So I'm going to only focus on emotional and back pain. I don't want to do too much because I, I want the body to be focused. So I think there's a lot of acupuncturists that I see that try to do too much. And that's how long of, would you say that a person like if you, anxiety is kind of just like a blanket thing, like how long do yeah. you focus on that before moving on to another? Anxiety is one of those things that you might always be working on. Mm-hmm. And it's, I always say, I always tell my patients, they all know my classic lines, it's like a volcano and you don't want it to erupt. You might always be a volcano of emotions and anxiety, but like if your boyfriend breaks up with you or if you're losing your job, your anxiety is off the roof and you've exploded. So we always want to kind of keep it at bay and kind of keep it under control. And that's the key. So with anxiety, I have a lot of patients with much anxiety and we're always just trying to work on it. And it's just a work in progress. And I'm not going to completely get rid of their anxiety because that's who they are. You're either born one way or the other, and that's just who you are. So I'm not like, your anxiety is not going to be at zero. But if I can keep it at a two or three, that's awesome. Like, yeah. that's that's totally manageable, and you can, we can do well with other things, you know? So if someone is, like, just baseline anxious or, like, can run anxious, is acupuncture something that you recommend doing weekly, bi-weekly, once a month? How? Yeah, I think weekly is fantastic. I okay. think that's the way to roll. I think if you have like back pain or something like that or some kind of pain thing and you've got it under control, that's when you can go to like every other week. But I think emotions and other things, I think once a week is really like the perfect amount of time. I'm really curious about acupuncture and trauma 
Mm-hmm. I had Lauren Roxborough on the show not too long ago and we were talking about fascia. Right. And I'm just curious because obviously like I'm assuming that the needle is going through your fascia. Mm-hmm. Even if you're working on something and may, you may not know that like you're also within like a trauma point or like mm-hmm. a trigger point. Is that something that like comes up or I, I'm just curious the correlation between like fascia release and acupuncture. Yeah. So there's I'm a TCM protect practitioner, which means traditional Chinese medicine. So I deal with more channel based stuff. Okay. There's also a very Western model that uses more trigger point. So trigger point is getting that trigger, that muscle to jump and release. I use it on the shoulders. It's not my jam, but I like it and I use it at certain times. So you could do it in the piriformis or the glute, in the tush. There's certain people that that, that's all they do. There's certain schools that that's all they treat. That's not how I was trained. So Mm -hmm. I use more TCM. I'm trying to do channel stuff. I've read many studies that there's not a huge difference between getting the muscle to jump and putting a needle in that area. I always think I'm like, the director it's like the guy waving in the plane so i'm not the like i'm not the driver of the car the person's the driver i'm just the one who's like creating the right i'm directing you which way to go mm-hmm. so i'm telling the body where to focus its attention and you can get i can i can get like the trap up here to release by just getting it to jump and release and i do do that it's just not my thing always okay i find the needles are extremely effective on their own by doing it and just kind of, again, like what I was saying before, like telling the body where to go and what to do and where to send its energy or what we call chi yeah. is super, super effective. So for someone who has not done it, how long are you on that bed with the needles in? And what do you feel in it? Because like I didn't know going into the first one that like I would have some like like muscle spasms or right. like sometimes I will literally go to another layer. Like I am like, right. where the hell am I? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm in another sphere right now. Yeah, yeah. Two very different experiences. Totally. But what can And then when they come experience? in and when you come in and they're like, I thought I was at home. Like they no, were like, literally yeah, yeah, I like one so time, sad that they have to like now get up. It's get so up. sad. And also like it's very jarring going to acupuncture in New York and then like being on a street in New York right uh-huh, after yeah, yeah, yeah. I started walking in the complete opposite direction of my apartment yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he came out and I was like I don't know where the hell I am yeah my 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 patient <laughs> Rachel always tells this story when she came out of acupuncture and then she drove the wrong way down a street she was like I cannot drive a car after no it's really yeah. crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, I, I have different experiences sometimes I, I feel like release and I just feel high and like yeah. I'm like legitimately in another world right Wait, what was the actual beginning question that you asked? Just like what people can expect, like if they've never done it, like what oh. do they feel oh, in that time and how long are they in there? Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're going back to, so if somebody's exhausted, if it's fertility issues, if they're just very depleted, you're going to leave the needles in a little less time. If somebody's anxious, stressed out, irritable, frustrated, you're going to leave them in longer time. So in one way, you're trying to sedate or kind of calm the system down. In another way, you're trying to strengthen or what we call tonify. Mm-hmm. So each person's kind of different, but it ranges from about 25 to 35 minutes. It takes about 10 minutes to put the needles in, and then they're on the table for about 20 to 25, 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, usually around a half an hour, you assume. So the treatments usually last about an hour total. Um, we go through chief complaints. We go through full history. We go through what's going on. We ask all these questions that like, you know, some people are like, nobody's asking. You know, it's like we go through bowels, we go through urination, we go through energy, we go through emotions, temperature, cycle stuff. We go through those kind of basic questions and seeing how the body is actually running. And, you know, it's really interesting because like maybe somebody would go to a Western doctor and once a year they would have a physical. But in Chinese medicine, we think of every week as kind of like going through like how your body's going because 
how your bowels are going is really important. It tells me how your system's running. And if you're having problems with your urination, or if you're really sleeping crappy, or if your energy is really bad. So it's a really good check-in and kind of like going over everything to see how your body's running. And it's again, like kind of what I was saying, like we just don't pay attention to those things. And now I love that like all my patients are like, you know, they like tell me about their bowels every day. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a normal thing. And like it is normal. I'm super free about that conversation. Right. Also, I it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's no, like some people are. All I tell my patients does. is that's all I talk about is poop. So you can just talk about it. It is such it a sign of like life. Yeah, <laughs> you can. 100%. It's like it's so true. Yeah. I love talking true. about it. Yeah. So, okay. But I, I, I know that I'm like honing in on this question, but no. I'm specifically asking it for someone who has not done it. What do you feel like? Are there like muscle spasms in it? Do you feel anxious? I love that Aura has a panic button. If you're like, I Dude. need someone to come in. Well, about 20 person, years ago, I had a patient who... She got up from the table and she was standing with all the needles in. And I was like, Frankie. And she's like, I had to pee and I didn't want to pee on your table. And so like I went home that night and I was like, must figure out a way for like somebody to contact me. So in my office, I'm I, dying. I had like a button and this was before like technology. So I had this little bell where you like shook it. And now we have like, you know, much better buttons and things like that where it rings and whatever. But yeah, certain points will light up. I say there's like a, a weird thing where you're lying there and then there are certain points that will be like kind of moving and circulating and kind of you feel them. Mm -hmm. Some points will be just really slight. Every point's very different. So a lot of the emotional points, you want them to be very subtle. And then a lot of the kind of like strengthening points or fertility points, you kind of want them to be like a little stronger. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to get things moving, we think of chi or energy goes with blood. So when you get blood circulating, so like when somebody hurts their ankle or they have pain, acupuncture is amazing because it increases blood flow to that area. Mm -hmm. And in our extremities, like if you have cold hands or cold feet, you know that there's just a lack of blood flow to those areas. So doing acupuncture increases blood flow to that area. And we think of like just bringing more chi or energy to that area. So you'll feel things light up. You'll feel things. Sometimes you won't feel too much, but usually, usually you'll feel like kind of like action in those acupuncture points. Yeah. I'm like literally still thinking of Frankie standing up. With oh, yeah, it, it totally. It really upset me. Yeah. yeah. Because I have had I like, have many Frankie's funny stories, though. So. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I'm laughing because when I'm in it, sometimes I literally like I'm like, what if I just stood up right now? Like if I and I'll have like the what if anxiety thoughts, like what if there's a yeah. fire? Don't what say, if yeah, whatever? I like, am, I, yeah, am I running out with all these needles? Right, body? right. So that's why you have the panic button. You have that's the why panic. I love aura because I have the panic button sitting on my stomach. I've yeah, used yeah. it once yeah. because one needle was bothering me. Like, yeah, but I, then you'll, you'll get patients like you'll get patients that will be like, never use it. And they'll be like, I was cold or I was really hot. And I'm like, press the button. I know, but it's like, you don't want to be that be like, person. The music's like, a little loud, the whatever. So I know, like, but it's like, you don't want to be yeah. like that, like, you know, neurotic person in the acupuncture yeah, yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's what it's for. It's like, if anything's wrong, like, hey. Totally. Yeah. But you know what goes through my mind? I'm like, am I the only person that actually uses the panic button? Oh, that's good to know. So I'll, I'll tell them that, um, yeah, you're not the only person. Totally. Yeah, if you need Okay, me. so like I have a question also about the tongue. Like, can you see on a tongue like if someone has cancer, if someone is like truly depleted in something, mm -hmm. like you can tell immediately? You can tell certain things. You can't tell cancer, but you like somebody sent me a picture of their mother who was really sick and you can tell the difference. So it, the early part of my career, I treated a lot of people who had like were in hospice and their tongue looks very distinct. It's a very different looking tongue. It's It's almost, it's very red and it's, 
it's dry. It's a very distinct look of somebody who's just really not well. Mm. But the tongue says everything. So I wouldn't be able to diagnose you with cancer, but I would be able to say, hey, there's something off on your system. Or, you know, we, we go through, it's a good way of like figuring out what's going on with the person by just looking at their tongue. Like it's, I could look at somebody's tongue and tell you, we don't even need to talk and I'll tell you like exactly wow. what's going on. I'm showing you my yeah. tongue the second that we're done with this. That's cool. Is there anything that you can do before or after a session just to optimize it or to support? Yeah, so Chinese medicine, we ask about diet. We ask about all those kind of questions. So really like eating well and taking care of yourself, doing all those kind of things like exercising. Everything's about movement and keeping your body in, in a healthy state. So we were talking about COVID before, but like COVID was like the worst of the worst. So people were just sitting around doing nothing and eating like Doritos. Mm -hmm. So like... <laughs> you have to like balance your diet. I mean, Chinese medicine is all about like eating foods that are in season. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like if you go to a Western doctor, they don't usually talk about like nutrition. I know. I want to get into this whole journey of yours of like yeah. first going Western and then kind of like figuring out Switching what. Out. Yeah. yeah. But talk like it's it's really interesting because they don't ever discuss like nutrition in general. So Chinese medicine is all about. Well, it's gotten better through the years. Like recently it's gotten better i noticed that like my western medical doctor will ask me about like my diet a little more but they never used to ask that before that was never even a question mm -hmm. so chinese medicine is very interested on just kind of overall how your body's working and how your health is in general so like your question like are they exercising are they eating well are they sleeping well are all those kind of things and so you want to really work on those things because that will help with the acupuncture. So if somebody comes in with stomach problems and they're eating garbage every day, they're never going to get better. I right. mean, that's just not how it works. Is you there need, anything you that you take before the or after? Like, are there any herbs or like coconut water or something that you do before or after? Oh, acupuncture? Yeah. You're not supposed to have sex after. That's what? a huge rule. Yeah. Okay, why? Yeah, and so many of my patients just be like, go have sex. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I mean, you're that's, supposed to, your cheese flowing, and especially as a male, when you... When you have, <laughs> I love that we're on this tangent. I love when it. you have an orgasm, you release a lot of your chi or energy. That's why males fall asleep two seconds after they mm. have an orgasm. So that's like your chi or your energy is gone. So you're supposed to just let your body flow and let it flow. So you're not supposed to have that or drink heavily afterwards. But those are the only things I always say. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought the opposite. Like if you're, you're like so open, or yeah, like if you're like so open I, and your channels for, are free, like it's go not for as it. it's not as bad for a female because. When a female has an orgasm, they it stays all inside. But when a male, it's released so that their like gene or, or essence is gone. That's, again, why we fall asleep in two seconds after. So those are really the only two things. But I always tell people not to exercise right after. I tell people to just kind of take it easy after acupuncture. And make sure you eat before acupuncture. Those are eat all really things. good. Yeah, just normal things like that. Is there anything not to eat before? No, I, I mean... Like spicy foods yeah. or... Well, so there's people who run really warm. So if there's somebody who's like, if you look at your tongue and it's very, very red and you're very irritable, like eating spicy foods will just put that gasoline on that fire and right. make it so much worse. So it's all about kind of like keeping your system balanced. So if somebody runs cold, like somebody who has like a low libido or tired all the time, they can eat spicier foods. If somebody is irritable and frustrated and more like hyperthyroid, like they run really strong and they're always like going, 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 they should not eat spicy foods they should eat more cooling foods to balance their system out does that make sense that makes so much sense yeah it's all about balance. and usually people who are going 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 they like that stuff they like the spicier foods because that's how they like to roll but that's the opposite of what you really want to do mm -hmm.
I'm so excited to share that this week's episode is brought to you by Bear House, which is a company founded by one of my friends, Lauren, who is my go-to person in life when I am either talking to clients about potentially working with them and making sure that they're like clean and the ingredients are safe. She's the person who has helped me clear my skin. And I just trust her with all things clean beauty, really getting in touch with just like nature's resources that help along our journeys. And she has this company called Bear House, B-E-H-R-H-A-U-S. And they have so many incredible products. Every single product on her site is so heavily vetted. Like I can't even stress this enough. Like there is no one on planet earth that I trust more when it comes to figuring out if something is clean, safe, good for you, for your kids, if you have kids. She just really has done such a good job of curating and the store offers supplements, skincare, beauty products for your kids. And when one of my friends had a baby, I, I gifted her a box of all things bear house. And I just love this product. I love the founder. I trust it fully. And I've posted it on my stories a million times, but the facial oil, the rise oil is, I swear something that has been game changer in helping with my acne because as someone who had acne or, you know, like I still have flare ups in there. I always thought that like putting oil on your face was going to make it worse and that like oil was just going to make more acne. And I swear ever since I've been using this product and just like putting oil on my face morning and night, it has evened my skin. It feels like totally, totally nourished. And I, I love it. I, I think I'm probably on like bottle 10 at this point. So the rise oil you will not go wrong with. I use her gua sha. I use her magnesium oil. I didn't really know how to use it at first. And then I started using it when I was feeling like anxious in my chest and in my back. And I would just like rub it wherever it was that I was feeling a lot of like energy and it would dissipate. So I could not recommend that enough. And she is offering all active ingredient listeners 15% off of your order if you check it out um, with code active with code active A-C-T-I-V-E at checkout. And the site is B-E-H-R-H-A-U-S dot com. This is one of those things that's like, once you try it, you're going to be like, okay, I totally understand. And yeah, so if you want to check it out and use a discount, it's Active A-C-T-I-V. For someone who is looking for a practitioner, are there certain credentials that people should keep an eye out for or a certain amount of years since you said that like for Pulse, for example, it took you many, many years? Yeah. I think it's like any field when you get somebody who's been practicing for a long time, they're just going to know more. And mm -hmm. they're, I always say it's a practice. So you're always learning, like you're always figuring out things and you're always trying to learn from your experience. But like any field, like somebody who's been practicing for a long time will just usually be a better acupuncturist. They'll know more, but you're accredited by the NCCAOM, which is like the national council of, of acupuncture. And, but everybody's going to be credited by them. So you shouldn't have any problems with that. But really trying to find a good acupuncturist that fits you and not being shy. Like if you go to one and it doesn't work or it doesn't fit right, try to find another one. Don't just give up on acupuncture and don't just keep going to somebody you're not like a big fan of. Because there's really, you know, uh, through my years, there's good acupuncturists and there's okay acupuncturists. And really trying to find the one that fits for you is really, really important because it's kind of what I said at the beginning. It's like, you, f you build a connection and you really, you bond with your acupuncturist. And I always tell my patients, like even with their Western doctor, try to form a, 
uh, bond with them because they'll want to treat you better and they'll pay more attention to you and all those kind of things. So with an acupuncturist, I just think it's really important to find somebody that fits your personality and is on your wavelength. And communication is really important. It's kind of what we talked about a lot. So having somebody that you really can communicate with and kind of go through everything is the most important thing. I love it. I'm really curious about you. I'm oh. curious about all healers and just yeah. like the journey of how you figured this was the specific vehicle that you wanted to express healing yeah. through. You said that you were in Western medicine before. Mm-hmm. What drew you first to Western medicine? Well, I had a mother who had horrible, horrible migraines. And when I was a kid, she would take tons and tons of medications for her headaches. So she would be taking like six to eight pills a day for her headaches. Okay. So when I was a kid, I wouldn't take anything because my mom would have it's horrible to say, but she was like a legal drug addict. She was taking all these pills to control her headaches, but she would get so many side effects from the medication. She would have shakes or her stomach would always hurt or she would be exhausted all the time or she would just be in a room like with the lights off. And it was a horrible thing as a little kid to see. So I was like, you know, six, seven, eight at this time. So when I got a headache or anything, I wouldn't take anything. Like I wouldn't take Tylenol or anything. I was a little extreme at that point. But then I went to school and I studied Western medicine and... I was always trying to figure out a new medication that my mom could take. And I would pass on some different medications and she would ask her doctor and she would get on them. And it just made her worse. She just got much worse. And randomly somebody asked me if she had ever tried acupuncture for her headaches. And this was at school and I didn't know what acupuncture was. This was a long time ago and it was, but I, she, she said, there's no side effects. It's worth a try. And so I was like, that seems reasonable. So I took, I went, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from St. Louis. So I took my mom to an acupuncturist in St. Louis. And the acupuncturist was awesome and really like patient with my mother. And it was a combination of having her do acupuncture. She, my mom committed to doing it after the first session. We both got a session and that was my first time having acupuncture. And my mom committed to doing it three times a week for three months to see if they could get rid of her headaches. And it wasn't just that, but it was also the acupuncturist was the first practitioner who like took time to like, try to figure out what was really going wrong with my mom because everybody else was just throwing more medications at her, which was like never going to be the answer and never going to work. So she he, she got her off all her medications after a couple months wow. and she got her on the regular acupuncture. My mom's headaches went from every day to like once every three or four days to once a week to she was just getting them sporadically. So I started reading more and more about it and then I started following an acupuncturist were you going to with her three times a week? Or? No, no, no. I went to University of Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And I was far away, but I was listening to her stories. Got and um, I don't know. At this time, acupuncture was still a very like weird thing to do. And nobody normal was doing it. It was like The really... first time I heard about it was actually watching Sex in the City. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when my Charlotte God. The amount it. of calls. Oh, God. She got so many points. I was so annoyed with that. you remember that episode? Yes. I she had... got up in her session, didn't she? I'm not sure, oh my God. but she didn't even she from? didn't even get acupuncture points for fertility. So all my patients who were like, oh my God, doing fertility so were like, funny. why don't I get those points? And I'm like, it's a TV show. Like, Wait, that not, is so yeah. funny. But so, that is the first time I ever heard I of know, it. So many people. So this was like, think about it. This was like 20 years before that. So wow. like, it was the weirdest thing. And all the people who were being who are acupuncturists were so alternative. So when I, I remember my first day in acupuncture school and everybody was very alternative except for me. And I kind of looked around and I was like, if the medicine works and I get good at it, like I could be like the normal guy who does acupuncture. The bridge. You're the, the bridge, bridge right, that's who can take it in, right. Yeah. And and I loved it. So it kind of worked that way. So it was Who good. was the person that told you about it? 
How did they know about it? Oh, I was reading all these different studies on all this different medications that was working for migraines and all these different studies in the medical mm -hmm. library in Wisconsin. And it was another med school student patient who had heard about acupuncture in a study that it worked for headaches. Migraines in a study at school that you guys were learning it, about? No, it was just in a, like a little book, like in our in our research books that on is like so head migraines. Fascinating. And she was like, it's worth a try. Like, I know it's out there, but there's no side effects. So it would be worth trying once yeah. on your mom since you're I'm not curious about you. Like, and you've already said this about yourself. And I, I feel like the very practical side, mm -hmm. like, how did you come to terms with like, this is going to be your path? Something that was, yeah. I mean, it's still seen as very alternative. Yeah. I, I always knew I was going to go into some type of medical field. I studied psychology also. So I was studying like Western medicine and psychology. And because I had a mother who suffered so much with so many issues, I felt like I always, it was like the opposite role. Like instead of her taking care of me, I felt like I had to always take care of her and make sure she was okay emotionally mm -hmm. and like with things. So I think that was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, there's like too much information. But like, I remember when I, my parents were going through a divorce and like, we all went to like a therapist and like my dad was screwed up my mom was screwed up my brother was screwed up and I was like I'm good I'm okay like I'm okay I can handle all this I'm you know it's not great but I'm okay so I don't know I kind of always felt like I was going to go into some kind of field but I really hated pharmaceuticals and I really wanted to do something where I was more hands-on and getting to know my patients and having a really good relationship with them so acupuncture or Chinese medicine kind of exactly what you said before it kind of was the bridge between them so it kind of worked really well for me because I love my relationship with my patients and I love communicating with them and I love healing them in a more natural way and getting them healthy in a more like, you know, we're like a team. It's not me. I, you know, it's funny because I put all my patients on a, this is a very weird thing, but I put all my patients on a, on a table that's higher than me. Because when you go to a Western doctor, it's always like you're listening to them all the time and they're the authority over everything. And I kind of want the practitioner and I to be on the same level. And we're working together. It's not just me. Like I'm, I'm figuring out what we're doing, but we're working together. So if you don't do the homework, if you're not eating well or stretching or doing all these things, we're not, you're not going to get better. So it's a lot of communication. You know, you have like six minutes with your doctor when you see them, you know, to tell them exactly what's going on with you. And they don't know who you are. And they're looking at a chart and they're trying to figure it out. And in my office, you don't have that. Like, I know you. We go through everything. Like, I have a good relationship with you. And we know exactly what we need to do. And it's it's teamwork. So it's it's a different relationship. And I that's what I think. I tell is, you how much I love that. Yeah, like, the seeing eye to eye thing. Yeah. And it's very different in Chinese medicine. It's, you know, everybody's like, should I call you Dr. Cher? And I'm like, no, just call me Gabriel. Like, that's what it is. Like, we are, we are working together on this situation. Yeah. So we're trying to get you better. So one of like the main things of the show, which I feel like, I don't know, I think it's happening more and more and I just want to continue to see it happen. I am so happy to hear that you're mm -hmm. doing it is the empowerment of the person. It's like, yes, there are guides and there are experts and there are all these things, but ultimately you already know the answer and there are people that can help bring it out in you. Yeah. And finding people in this still, I feel like acupuncture is an alternative like route, but like I would love to see on the Western side that kind of be the same case do you work with your patients western doctors like do you work For together sure. as a team i think it's gotten much better okay it's not a fast progress it's not fast no i, I mean i haven't found getting, it in my life it's getting betterish you know people western doctors now will refer to me they'll be like yeah let's try acupuncture try gabriel 
that didn't happen at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I used to meet people, they didn't know anything about acupuncture. There's still there's still so many times that they will like ask funny like they'll be like, you can't take herbs or something like that. But they don't know anything about herbs. Like herbs are the most amazing things in the world. They're these natural growing things. Like I, when I was living in China, I went on this with this famous herbalist and we went up into the mountains in China and he would cut off all these herbs that like these leaves or these barks and all it. And these were herbs that I'd been studying for, you know, four and five years and they were naturally growing and they figured out that they, you know, this, this would treat for a sore throat. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but herbs are so effective and they're all about balancing. So Chinese herbs are about, you know, you'd put anywhere from like eight to 12 to 14 herbs together into like a formula and then they can work for different things. And I know we're so used to knowing about acupuncture, but herbs are amazing and they're so effective for like stomach problems and skin yeah. stuff. And it's still very foreign to the Western, you know, mind. I was, I guess, prescribed at Aura yeah. after doing a session to start taking herbs and I was taking them and they, they felt good. I think they was helping with my anxiety. Uh -huh. But are there like specific ones or you have to like see a practitioner first before? You have to see them. They're, okay. they're, they're very effective, but they have to be diagnosed in a perfect way. So you have to know exactly what's going on with the patient. So you can't just like randomly go on Amazon and be like, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not a good thing. Because totally. herbs can, just like Western medicine, they can be not effective or do bad things if you yeah. take them wrong. So you said earlier that Western, there's a lot of areas where Western is failing, and that's what got you to Chinese, mm -hmm. and you moved to China for some time. Right. What did you think was missing, and what did you learn in China? I just think all those things that we talked about. I think really kind of getting to the root of problems. I feel like, you know, look, like, I have so many problem patients with skin issues like eczema or psoriasis or things like that. And they're given like by a dermatologist like a steroid cream. And that's awesome because it gets rid of it, but it always just comes back. So like what's causing this rash? Like we have to figure out what's causing it instead of just treating the symptom of mm -hmm. it. So it's kind of like what I'm saying when we treat back pain and there's a back issue there, but there's a lot of things that are causing this back pain or, you know, like how are they sitting? What are they doing? Are they stretching every day? Are they doing their exercises? Emotionally, how are they holding up? There's a root cause for everything. And Western is very successful with certain things, but they're a lot of times they're just treating the symptom of the mm -hmm. problem. And that's great because it gets rid of it. But like, I don't know, skin's one of the more fun things because you can see it. And like, you know, I get all these patients with these, you know, really bad, you know, eczema or psoriasis situations. And then they're eating all these wrong foods that would make it so much worse. So like when we were talking before about like spicy foods and mm -hmm. like things like that. So if you if you have uh, a big, if you have like redness throughout your body on skin issues, with skin issues, then you have to stay away from spicier foods. That's going to create a lot of heat. And there's a group of foods called like nightshades. And nightshades are eggplant, paprika, white potatoes, I always forget one, alcohol, <laughs> smoking, and they will irritate the skin and they make the skin much worse. Tomatoes is the number tomatoes, one. Tomatoes, which is yeah. like, I love tomatoes so right. much. Yeah, but if you have like eczema or psoriasis, you want to stay away from those. Yeah. Yeah. So in your time in China, was there anything that was like a big aha that you wanted to bring back or what was like your biggest revelation there? I don't know. I, you know, I worked in a hospital that was like 80% Chinese medicine and 20 they always said that it was half Chinese medicine and half Western medicine together. It was totally wrong. It was so not true. <laughs> it was like, unless somebody was dying, they were going to give them Chinese medicine. Mm. I didn't have any aha moments. I just found the medicine so beautiful and so effective. And I thought, you know, it's kind of like, 
I don't know. It's kind of like when you were talking about when Florida, the, there's no acupuncturists in this one area. Like I felt like it was missing in the United States. Like we are missing like good acupuncture that could bridge the gap between somebody not doing acupuncture and like it becoming parts of people's lives. Yeah. And it wasn't when I started, it really wasn't that nobody did acupuncture. I mean, I'm from the Midwest and that was like the weirdest thing in the world. I find but, that to be so fascinating. Like I find you to be fascinating to like be the person that you are come from the Midwest. Yeah. Choose this route. This podcast is also for a lot of people that like are considering, you know, a career shift or just like a life change that is different from the norm. Right. And is there any kind of wisdom or anything that you would share with someone who is like maybe in that transitional phase and thinking about going for like the non-traditional or the path right. less taken? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's like in your world too. It's it's finding what works for you and what's your passion, what you're really interested in. I love Chinese medicine. It works for me. I mean, I've been in acupuncture for 20 something years and I still really enjoy it, which is hard mm -hmm. because I'm at that age where most people hate their job and they're over it and they have to like work because they have kids or because they don't have a choice and they just keep working. I still thoroughly enjoy being an acupuncturist. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I have a great answer for that, but I think Chinese medicine is a really good avenue for somebody who loves treating people in a healthier way, in a more balanced way, and incorporating things that are more like lifestyle stuff too. But yeah, I mean, it's one thing that I I, I really enjoy, and I like. Do you also get treatment? Yeah, yeah, I get treatment all the Weekly? time. Weekly? Yeah, I probably get it once or twice. I do a lot of acupuncture myself, mm. so I can do everything on the front. But because I ride my bike so much, my lower back and my tush are always tight. So yeah. I get treatments for that too. I love it. Is yeah. there anything that we haven't touched on or just like the one thing that you wish everyone knew about acupuncture? Mm, I don't know. Always have, Everybody always asks like, does it hurt? That's like such a question. I don't know. You would be a better answer for that one than me. No, it doesn't hurt. It's just like a, it's a new, like you said, it's like a new sensation on your body. And like there have been like one needle that bothers me. And I'm, I'm like, that one bothers me. And then yeah, they yeah. shift it. I always tell people if anything bothers you, tell me. Yeah, because it's Usually, not supposed to bother, right? No, they might feel pricky for a second and then that goes and then away. It, yeah. Is there anything else? I don't know. No, I mean. How long would you like months like before seeing results or like? Oh, no, no, no. I always like. Because I'm an acupuncturist, I know like if somebody's coming in, I need to get them better sooner than that. Like nobody wants to do acupuncture for two months and not feel anything. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, it doesn't work that way because acupuncture is a very new thing for people. So like they need to know that it's working. So if I have somebody of like a guy come in who his wife referred, who I treat his wife or something, and he's like, my back hurts, but you know, I, I don't know if this really works. Like I know I have about two sessions to get him better and then feel better. And then he'll be like, He'll be like, okay, it works. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I have this old guy who's uh, a Polish guy and he's, I treat his whole family. And he always tells me that like, every time he comes in, I, I don't know why he tells me, but he's like, I was the last one. And I always said it wasn't going to work. And now I'm like hooked on it. And like, you know, he's, yeah. like, he's like the last guy you would ever think who would do acupuncture. You know, he's like, I love that. That means it's, it's going mainstream. I mean, yeah. it's slowly going mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in New York and LA and, California and things like that. Yeah, and you're totally. getting much more. We are so ready for it in Miami. And by we, yeah. I mean, I will keep the lights on. Like, <laughs> please, for the love of God, come. Yeah. Are you currently taking patients? Uh, yeah. So I have my own office. It's called the Share Acupuncture Center. And then I also work at Aura mm -hmm. and train acupuncturists there. And so, yeah, always. I want to close the show with just, I, I believe that people that are in the healing world have done the work 
or are constantly in the in the practice of doing the work. And I'm curious, what is something that you've had to unlearn within your journey? Or maybe you're still in the practice of unlearning. Yeah. That you've either relearned or have better tools of. I don't know if there's a great answer for your question, but I always think that like, I think as a beginning acupuncturist, I used to not hear people out. I think I would make quick decisions on different things when I was treating them or just in general on things. And I think it's really important to listen to people and listen to really what's going on with them and kind of enjoy the journey that you take with them and kind of figure it out as a team, like what's going on. I think as a beginning acupuncturist, you're trained so hard and you, you know so much information that you want to just be like, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. And even though I know that in my head, I kind of have changed so much through the years and just like listening more and trying to get where they're coming from and learn about the patient. I also don't think as a beginning acupuncturist, I thought emotions had so much a impact on the body. And I think that was just naive of me. And I think just through the years, I've just learned those are probably the two big things to just know the how much emotions affect each person and paying attention to what's coming out of their mouth because that really will change how they feel and how they like health wise how they're going to do i love it well thank you okay. so much this was great i'm here till august 10th if you have an opening <laughs> i'm literally gonna go see you <laughs> sounds good awesome thank okay. you that was Thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode. And more importantly, thank yourself for choosing to learn more about how to come home to yourself. As always, take what resonates with you and simply let go of what doesn't. I would really appreciate it if you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen, because that's the way that the show will continue to grow. And we are all about growth here. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week.